Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. How are you, brother? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. Thank you. So, first off, I guess we should say thank you to Claire, Claire Vosper, for putting yes. us in touch. Hello, Indeed. Claire. Um, people who are watching, that's Claire from V-Force, who we're going to go and do some driving with some point this year. And, mate, from what I can see, you've been hitting it quite hard. <laughs> you could say that, I suppose. Um, it's 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 been pretty pretty full on in in a in a pandemic, I suppose, of of all of the things you know and. Um, just basically out there trying to trying to make a difference and raise as much money as possible in those sort of difficult circumstances, you know? Yeah, I mean, I had a quick look at your social media and it's, um, gosh, you've been pushing yourself through the pain barrier a bit. What, should we go back to the beginning? How did it start? Um, I suppose in a nutshell, we, um, I, I was in the, in the military, in the army for 15 years as, as a soldier and officer. Uh, I commissioned from, from the rank. Um, and then unfortunately, I was discharged in 2017, sorry, with, um, with a, a dodgy shoulder, and um, which has now been a, a partial replacement and, and mainly PTSD um, from, from an incident in, in Iraq in 2006 when, when a Lynx helicopter was shot down. I mean, that, that didn't bother me at the time, but it was in 2015 that Med troop commander, this uh, soldiers or permanent staff out there had fallen into a fire, and we'd deal with it. And what, and what the trigger point was, in essence, was the burning flesh. That individual reminded me, and, and I just started to be a different person, not your your typical army officer, uh, moral compass. I was being a bit of a bit of a tit, really, to be honest. And um, you know, fighting, angry, that type of thing. Um, and and it got sort of bad at a point where it's affected my family. Um, so I've got a, a wife and two two young daughters. Something needed to change me. And in 2018, I was um, at a point of, uh, okay, I've got, to, I've got to carry on this route and going, and, and, uh, which I don't want to do, so I'll end my life. Or I um, change it. And literally overnight, I, I changed the whole way of I operate. I get up early, early. 0330, 0430, and, and train, hit it hard. Only this year, or sorry, 2020, the start of us like, okay, what can I do? Any objectives, any goals? I need to, I need routine to get me into some sort of training. Why? And what's the need for me to train? And I started to look at these ultra, ultra events since, um, you know, my, my background sprinting and rugby seven, short, sharp paces that um, I was just, I was a physical training instructor in the minutes, had that baseline fit. And I believe the rest is mindset. Um, as you know, it's once you get to that pain bar, it's just pushing through. And now I'm just trying to test how far that will go. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so what regiment are we talk, talking down? I was Royal Engineers um, as a soldier, and then I commissioned into the Med Corps. Um, yeah, that, that's it, really. Um, did a couple of you know, courses within, um, had had the Bash of Select 40, 2015 on it. My mum passed away um, for SFC. And uh, yeah, so just, um, I, I think I wasn't really, everything was sort of, I shouldn't have been on the course. It was one of those, you know, um, physically I was there, mentally not. Uh, and then with my mum past the top. Yeah, uh, uh, now, and that's when everything started to go downhill, really, to be honest, mate. Um, yeah, led to what, medical discharge. What year was Iraq? Because that's kind of, that's increasingly becoming like history now, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, um, so that 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 deployment was 2006. And I don't know if you remember on the news, it was the whole um, helicopter shot down, Lynx helicopter. And it was, I think, the first female killed in the Iraq war. That's why it was so big. Five, five people in that shot down over Basra. And there's, I think, the same 
incident, obviously, as you can imagine, that tracks a lot of um, civ pop and and um, and the riots, etc. Down grind on on the grind and that. Um, I think remember this famous scene of one of the guys on fire coming at the back of the, the top of the warrior. Um, that that was that that all it, uh, basically the, the outcome, the, the fallout from the, from the helicopter. And um, yeah, I've actually met him as well through Help for Heroes, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Joey or something rings a bell. Yeah, nice lad. Yeah. Wasn't that to do with, there were a couple of incidents where the SES were captured. One with the guy burning on the tank, wasn't it, where they drove it through, or am I, I'm, I'm probably getting, my memory's probably confusing two inches. Potentially, you- yeah. Pass that, the, 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 the SS Bell. I, I mean, I was only 19, 20, um, so being told what to do. So, yeah, didn't even know I was there. <laughs> um, without sort of, you know, putting you through too much trauma, what what was your, like, connection to this helicopter? Did you have to deal with it, or was it just, was it a traumatic thing for everybody at, at the time? So, um, our connection was we, we just, so my... Being Royal Engineers, you know, and having um, access to cutting, etc., and 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 general sort of um, movement, big cranes, etc. Because we we initially tried to lift, could my my role out, out there was um, force protection or escort multiple. So we would escort everyone from every sort of cat badge um, and and other coalition forces around the country. And um, so we had quite a quite a good um, sort of layout of the grounds. So we we'd been everywhere, and. Um, we, uh, there's 12 of us as an escort multiple, we came back into Baz, Driver Log Base, um, and then we got crashed back out then there to the A-Pod. We knew something had happened, we didn't really know what was going on. And um, in the A-Pod, it was overnight, we had to wait the sort of almost first light where we moved out into Basra, um, I think we are on, on the initial warden. And our, our role there was to clean up the site, so we were the sort of the first people on the site, if you want to. Um, and uh, it was a mixture of clearing up the bodies, five bodies, and, and the actual helicopter itself nothing left um on there and and uh, you know getting quite up close and personal with picking up body parts and trying to work out which body it belongs to I, uh, mm-hmm. is you know we were right right in the thick of it um a good mate of my nads you know i remember just staring at him as he tried to lift the pilot out when he pulled out half a body for example and it was just a mess I mean, as you can imagine it, it was just in a mess um, but but that said i mean up until this incident in 2015 nothing was there you know and there was nothing uh, i felt grand and, uh, it was this um we were on exercise now in Batis in canada and, and you get quite a lot of fires out there and and one of the permanent staff who are trained to beat the fires out to stop them from spreading because they spread quite fast out there i'm not i'm not aware if you've been to canada or Batis or not but um the, it ignited and, and she's fallen into it and um, she then got sent to us. And there was actually about seven people injured of smaller burns, but she was face, arm, dripping flesh off her, and it was my responsibility. She almost died. Her family got flown out from the UK to sort of say goodbyes, really. But um, luckily, thankfully, she didn't. I sort of took it a bit personally in that point. You know, you're not in the wartime environment. You're training and exercising, so it's a bit different. Um, and, and then having to look after my team that took it a bit personally as well. Um, but it was the smell. I, I remember sitting afterwards and I, I knocked the team off. The guys, yeah, down that, I'll deal with every radio. Uh, chill out and run, sort of re- regenerate yourselves. I remember sitting inside the 12 for 12, 10 smell of just the burning flesh. Was the trigger point. But um, yeah, just didn't didn't think anything of it. Came back and that's what colleges and I have sort of linked. Mm. Did, 
did you find yourself sort of resenting the the military or the army not at the time no uh not at all chris um i think what i i find myself now is resenting discharge process some people go through a good one others don't um tend to find and, and i've heard this truth of it i'm just going off here say as an officer you sort of like a slip through the net no you're expected to have it you're dealing with it yourself i think Guinness. um so yeah and and, and that's it you know and i've um were you discharged on the right tier level, etc.? Should have you been discharged? So on and so forth. You know, I was only um, 32, still thought, and and I joined as a sapper, and I was a captain at the time, and pick up majors. I, I I still think I had a I would have had a good career left in me, um, especially if I'd have sort of got myself in good nick and went back down the sort of SF route, which was my aspiration. Sapper. Yeah, got you. Okay. So when you arrived in Civvy Street, what what was your state of mind then, and and what what were your actions? A bit of both. I tried to um embrace it i suppose to start with to try and excite myself about it and um, during my last seven months of service um my, my oc was quite generous and he just let me um crack on and try and civilianize myself when i call it through work experience so i, I went and worked in um apmg city in canary wharf and and unknown to me at the time you know it, it was just uh, it was probably the worst thing i could have done of being in busy busy train lines getting in, into london and my PTSD was getting worse and worse. And I thought I didn't know what was wrong with me. This was 2017 again. Um, and and then I, I sort of like carried that on going for like five months. It was supposed to be a six month sort of um, military intern scheme, they call it, uh, to go in. And I just couldn't do it. So I left Ganska into construction, which seemed to be a bit more military of, of the banter, except managing my own site, the odd, that type of stuff. And um, But it's it's not it's not me. You know, I, I'm still sort of uh, scratching my head and, and looking every day. And, and I've been very successful in the role, you know, uh, roles that have a couple of right, quite a sort of senior role now, but just doesn't doesn't tick that box for me. It doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. Um, so, and then I think that's where this endurance and charity feedback and um, pushing myself is where it's really at, you know, and documentary coming out on Sunday of the, of the one of the bigger events last year. And um, this is where I really want to start going. I've now got myself an agent and, and really pushing it into spreading the awareness of, you know, why I was at this point of wanting to take my life to turn it all around overnight. And I know that can be different for everybody. You've got to find that in here that makes you want to do that and for me it was my kids and um, i grew up without a father until i uh, adopted at 11 by my dad so i didn't want them to have not have that you know in the life frame so it was all around um what what make tick and my kids made me tick i've got to do it for them and i want them to be proud of me and that's why i get off and doing and pushing the boundary as far as it'll go mine up will do that and and on doing so, you know, getting the coverage like on podcasts like this, for example, is about there. there is another way than, than suicide. There is something else that can be done. Just got to work out what that is for you. And everybody's going to be different. And I always refer back to if if you take two people at 90 kilograms, six foot tall, whatever, put them on the exact same fitness and diet routine, you're going to get two completely different outcomes. So you've got to find out which works. That's a good analogy, yes. It's hard when you're younger as well, because society indoctrinates so many like rules or aspirations, and I think it must be hard, especially coming out of the forces as well, because it's so regimented. Hard to either cast that aside or just retune it into like being your own person and doing what you want to do and yeah. making, you know, like I literally have made all my own rules up. Just yeah. that's why I'm always content, because I made a rule, well, don't not be content. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> with a guest. Yeah. Is that your is that your uh, trainer? She wants you to go and do a few laps uh, or something. My, my wife probably send but the kids. <laughs> um but yeah, I think because I, I do think about this a lot and I do wonder if a lot have taken their lives and I know there's a myriad of factors. We 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 all know that, but 
I do think if one of them is like when you ascribe to someone else's rules, you're going to be pissed off because they're not usually in your, your favor, Daz. Do you know what I mean? hundred percent. And and it's not a one size fits all solution. And that's why um, probably got to where it's got to, you know, when people do take the lights uh, on ice temp, what is that? You know, what is that one? How, how, how do we, how do we fix that? You know, is one of the questions I always ask myself, what, what can we do more as a, as a, a sort of, you know, group of ex-military people as veterans understanding it more you know and what is there something that can be done at that level push up the government or does the government need to do more so many variety set of reasons and there's never one fits all i just know what works for me and if someone else if that worked for someone else then that's brilliant you know yeah we're in the real early days of understanding not and that's not just military you know related trauma as well um because it's not it's not just spiritism it's you it's a byproduct of your your whole life absolutely and you know they reckon up and that now the sort of the 2020 onwards we're going to feel get more from the afghan um and then probably you could probably predict in 2030 we're going to get nhs trauma covid you know and ptsd similarities yeah and of course these are just these are just the catalysts they're not the driver yeah you're absolutely right yeah but i do think i I'm a, I'm a big believer in healthy body healthy mind i do believe that if more people trained uh or i'm not just i'm not saying thrash yourself to the level that, that some people do but just getting out and walking around etc i've just um Today, I actually tried to implement something for this next lockdown within my business in work where I work in a day to day at Skanska about you know, making sure you structure your day and daily routine how, and the rest of the basics well of getting out and walking at your lunch, grabbing yourself away from your And so I, I'm, a, I'm a massive believer in that. And, and I feel when when I've done one of these events and I've been injured during it or whatever, can't do what I want to do. It plays with my head. Massive, massive, only contributing factor rather than a big one that, that I can't get out and do something. Yeah, there is a danger there, isn't there? If you put all your eggs into fizz, fizz for our friends at home, I mean sport or exercise, <laughs> when it gets taken away from you, which invariably it will because we all get old. Yeah, yeah. Um, you need to have a bit of, ba- you know, develop other philosophies to balance out that, 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 that loss. Yeah. Absolutely. You're right. And in the short term, though, you know, if you're trying to get over alcohol, bereavement or whatever it might be, yeah, get out and smash some fizz. If it works, it, yeah, it's better than it's better than falling into a deep depression. A hundred percent, you know, and I've not um, I've not really experienced that addiction to any sort of thing, drugs, alcohol myself. And but uh, but I've I've. I've experienced it personally with that's the reason why my mum isn't here, you know, and uh, so and and she never recognized that she had a problem. That's why she couldn't fix, you know, and I've actually developed a a, a little model in my book. So I'm writing my book to go uh, and it's in there about a, a, a roar model. So you've got a roar, you know, like like a. Sounds a bit cheesy, but roar like a lion and, and you'll have that pride about yourself. The first star is uh, you've got to recognize there's something wrong. Can't quite rec- and then and then the next the O is uh, own it. So you've got to have ownership on what that is whether that physical something or a mental something you know is it take my mum for example alcoholism or take somebody who's broken a leg you've got to own in the fact you've got a broken leg or or you're an alcoholic mm-hmm. and then a act so you've got to act on on that and it was one of them and then the last r is a sort of a double revisit um or results so you'll get results from it or you revisit back down the back down the rest move on from there though you might you might recognize that something have you might recognize what you want it to be but that might not be the underlying problem if that makes yeah. sense you've got to drop back down and then restart yeah, yeah massively reminds me of a, there's a model in social science called um cycle of change or the stages of change mm-hmm. by a couple of social scientists called prochaska and de clemente and they talk about basically just what you said but 
but um, it's used a lot in um, addiction. But it's the basis for all change. All We don't really understand change well because we don't teach the right things in our schools, you know. Mm. Um, but when you understand change, you realise everyone that changes, for whatever reason, it's all done on this model. It's all, first, like you said, you've got to recognise it um, in the addiction field or the mental health field. That's cool. Well, this what what in the old days they called denial. Someone's in denial, got a problem, whatever. But that that's referred to as pre-contemplative so at the stage before you've even thought that i need to make changes and some people will die some people will drink themselves to death in in that phase without ever reckoning they've got a problem yeah yeah that, that gets a bit close to home when you've been in the force you get some of these old boys they they just won't admit something you know yeah you're, you're absolutely right and and especially won't admit and then and then having that you said the older boys school and even when i was in at the start of it, it was very drinking culture so that's all you know that's that's your your pacifier isn't it you know and, yeah. then, and, and we all did it together you know we're all sort of guilty as it is such but so so indoctrinated into from the start you know how, how you bond you go out drinking together yeah. and they said but there's a lot of stiff upper lip approach um which i had and and that's why i went got to where i did i didn't want to admit there was something wrong you know i'm, I'm a tough squatty you know there's nothing wrong with me uh, and yeah you've now got it and that's why i like to talk about it now sort of stand up there and, and i'd admit there was something wrong and still is and, and i manage up in the fact that i can do it others others can but let's talk about the um the endurance stuff then what did you so you've had your kind of um epiphany or your reason to change you said you chilled yeah did you then set out to take on a challenge or did it come along accidentally or, or had you sort of done a few half marathons like like many have done or no i never done anything like that as i said my background was sprinting and um uh, you know and rugby and then i couldn't play rugby anymore because of my shoulder um and and then but i was still into sprinting you know i went to um the warrior games where the invictus games originated from so the american version still sprinting there and setting a couple of records and enjoying the high well, and gold medals there and um it, but i've been sprinting as a kid from a kid and i thought to myself you know i need to push this further and further and then and then i just googled one night the, the most dream event in the world and up popped the montane yukon arctic ultra and signed up for it there and then lying in bed and and then that that was this time last year and uh just got hooked on this on this uh multi-endurance overnight jobs you know sleep deprivation and i just got really hooked on it and because i find it when I'm out on my own for hours and hours and hours on end, that I had that that's that's what I'm thinking. But I'm generally thinking not about how much pain I'm in or whatever. So I'm thinking about what's next, you know. So I'm always having that and what's next um, to keep me thinking. Yeah, I was so I'm just typing something into my computer here, mate, because I I I came across this ultra that you mentioned. Um, sort mm. of some something about it on linkedin who's the chap that organized a guy called robert Polhammer. ah uh, it's a different guy name, different name to the one i'm thinking I, it might it might be that there's different races well there's the 6633 which is very similar it's the longitude latitude lines that's yeah I, I just saw one where people were up up somewhere in the arctic circle and they were running for days um, yeah and that's it you know and basically that pulling a pulk self-sufficient hit your checkpoint go do you have to camp on it yeah yeah so um so the the yukon arctic you've got a couple of um couple of fields in it so you can go and out there and do a marathon first checkpoints a marathon distance and um, tend to get mainly locals doing it um uh, this year uh wiley came out with a marathon there as part of his uh 10 uh, marathon and then the the next one would be uh, 100 miles then there's a 300 mile then there's a 30 mile or so yeah there's so you've got to as 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 it says pull your pulk so everything in it your tent and then it's up to you to 
plan your, your checkpoints and where you want to kip and put your put your bivy up or your tent up, whatever you're using, and um, go out and take the race. Are you on skis or are you? No, on foot. So um, yeah, you're on foot. And uh, yeah, sometimes you come across some of the, the water flows that's come up and the first part's on, on the Yukon River that's all frozen. And it's, uh, yeah, so it's quite an interesting race. I mean, we dropped to, I think we generally do drop like the minus 50 level. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> My God. The famous, um, you know, the Yukon dog race, it's that in reverse, some of it, 30 miles, that is the long, yeah, it's, uh, quite an interesting race. And, and, and two two years ago, would be three years this year, was, uh, an Italian ultra guy on it, and, and he um, he ended up losing amputation of both hands, feet through hypothermia and sort of frostbite. And, and from there, they've been quite rigid. When you get to a checkpoint, you get uh, frostbite checks, hypothermia checks, et cetera, and any sort of discoloration, like even your finger discoloration, you get the race, so it's all about your personal admin as well. And I got to the 100 uh, mark and uh, checkpoint two, and I was actually sat in second in the race, and everyone was like, who's this guy, you know, I've not come from an ultra, but I find it good. I, I was in good good stead, and the only problem I had was um, in the November prior to coming out in the January, I had a huge scar across my back with these done. I've had seven ops on this shoulder, and they um, did a nerve graft, and I completely lost feeling in my in my left arm, completely gone, and it was actually a Navy medic um, guy, a Gav, uh, who actually pulled me from the event um, because I was deemed unsafe to set up my uh, bivy, which he was right. I couldn't, I couldn't even unclip my pulp. And uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I had full intentions to go back this now, but obviously that's uh, Kaibosh to next year. So I'll, I'll go back next year, be a bit more prepared. I, there's no, I wouldn't change my, my routine. I wouldn't change anything. I would lift back to not going on eight weeks after a major surgery. So yeah. But yeah, it's an amazing place. You know, it's amazing people. You meet amazing people. I'm friends with people that I met on it. On it, loved it. I had the best time of my life. Yeah, I bet. What What's the overall distance? Say it's around. 100. So you can so you can do um the marathon 100, 300, or 430. So the 430 miler is every every two years. So you don't clash with a dog run and i was in because the last year 430 wasn't available i i went in. so it takes i think around five six days again it's just personal ad so the first night i think like 60 percent of the field dropped out so you come off off the river the yukon river and you've got overland trail and there's a couple of reasons a lot of people that you know it's getting dark people set up baby you know and at this point and it's your last sort of safe moment to to get out if you're having trouble there's a big massive like camper van there huge out there and we'll take you back to the as in a freebie um Tazivac call it whereas if you go past that then you've started got to pay your mine was a snowmobile so I'd, I'd got charged for a Tazivac or or helicopter um and that point there I think it was minus three that first night and my my theory was everyone stopped then and, and you know yourself when you get into a DOS bag at that cold you don't want to get back out at all you know it's like it's a proper morale dampener and um so I thought I'll just push on through and, and that's exactly what it is and I got to the next checkpoint around seven eight o'clock sun coming up and that's where I plan to do about four or five hours rest you know the sun hitting the side of the tent warming up from the inside you know having that sort of theory and um, and it was yeah and that's when I couldn't put it up, that's when they were like, let's come and have a chat. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to get an idea of the mileage here, Daz. So it, it sounds like you're doing about 50 miles a day. Yeah, you can. So my my plan was to go straight to send the 100. So I got 100K and it was 100 miles, just over 100K. 100 miles was a third check. And that's where I got, that's my plan was to get to there in about 36, 40 hours. That was my plan. Um, but yeah, so some people would break it down. If you break it down to sort of anywhere between, I think you've got to maintain around the 40 miles a day. 
because there's certain checkpoints you've got to get to like checkpoint three and checkpoint five by a certain time or or you get pulled you know that's uh, you've got to get there otherwise you just be out for days do your leisure miles a day and just crack on but you've got to manage it that's what i like about it it's how you want to run the risk yeah gleaming but 100 percent gone back and I, the the yukon the, the territory you know amazing and and i hallucinated and everything it was fantastic i thought i'd seen a manatee having a conversation in the arctic while manatee <laughs> turned out to be a log so that's a that's on this cover if you say you're pulling a polk as well yeah yeah so i mean my polk weighed about the ground but the polk for me wasn't much i trained with the bergen on and brecon beacon and, and and i ran 70 miles around the isle of white uh around the loop of the isle of white bergen um so my training i, I was lost in hard fight and um, trained with the same weight as i would have in a polk on my back and brecon so for me i i didn't find much thing really different of it what I thought, what what I would change, I say I wouldn't change much. What I would change next time, I, from my from my harness to my pulk, I had ropes. So when it was up and down at parts like the pulk was whacking me in the back halves and all, really, really just pissing me off. No big coming, um, unless it was a big hill where I just sat on my pulk and went down it. So uh, yeah, so yeah, that for that for me, and they said the first forty k of that really really challenging. They were actually at, um up until the race started, right right up like an an hour or two before they didn't know they were going to actually start the race from the marathon which is the first checkpoint because the the conditions were that bad and walking in deeper snow and, and a bit of water coming up and stuff a bit dangerous and said you know it's the hardest on this first bit and i got past that bit feeling fine you know and i thought well if that's all it's going to be then yeah it's a i think the the record for the 300 miles is about five and a bit days proper proper going sam yeah well it yeah it is i mean sorry won't this won't mean my, my thinking probably won't mean a lot to people at home it's helpful <laughs> in the middle of a podcast it's just my mind works the way you know that i know running and and that that i know endurance stuff and i'm not particularly good at it but but that that's why i know it because i know i know how hard it is. yeah i mean that's doing like 60 miles a day so i i was i was um my, my plan no plan survives contact probably was i was um 50 to 55 miles a day uh in that sort of traveling around that um sort of two miles so at some points we were doing um well, i was doing I, I met up with a canadian guy at a long part you know a guy called chad and good good banter because he he was going to stop at this overland trail and i says mate i'm going if you want to go he came with um yeah I mean, we were down to like two and a half Ks an hour at some point. So I was working on mileage and he was working on Ks. And, and since then, I've worked on Ks because it's such a morale boost for him when you're knocking off the Ks rather than the miles. <laughs> and that's all I'm doing it for. So I now work in Ks. What sort of rations did you have? Did you have dry rations? Yeah, so... Um, I used, thankfully I was sponsored can I, um, with, with kit. I used the uh, uh, Firepot food. So uh, Vango, the company Vango, that sort of overarching on them. Actually on the Vango website, I wrote a blog on, on the Firepot food about how good it was. Probably 600 calories per. And But what, what was amazing with it, once you stopped, melted your snow, um, poured it into where it needed to be, you had to wait 15 minutes, a bit like a pot noodle. And and then I just whacked it down my jacket for heat. And so it was it was quite good. And 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 on the sort of hot coal thing, people think, oh my, you know, minus 50, it must be layers and layers upon layers. Not at all. It's the opposite. Because you're working hard, you know, you've got to stop yourself from sweat. As soon as you stop, feel, you know, it's like going to the toilet you build up until it's about to come out quickly go and, and back as little minor admin. it must take ages to melt water or can you can you just get the water from the river no so um there's no there's no river and it's completely frozen over there and um not really i mean that the because you use a like an msr cook thing where it's um blue flame no heat and uh, on your pot and they're um six seconds you literally just dump the snow in and it's 
the snow's melting in your hand. It's that really, really fine, fresh, um, and no, yeah, pretty quick actually. Yeah, because you, yeah. you wouldn't want to get dehydrated. No, no, that, that, that's it, and it's about um, putting the right foods in at the right time and, and trying to. I use the Camelback. Everyone told me not to use a Camelback for for water, and um, so I put warm water in at the checkpoint. Um, I put quite warm water in. And that was, was enough to get um, to to near the next next checkpoint where then I used then um, I, I had a flask of like a, a hot chocolate type of stuff in it. And everyone said don't use the Camelback, tubal free, um, so on. But I put my base layer on and then I put the Camelback on, so it was staying warm in my body heat. And then every and when I took a drink again, it's the admin of blowing back in the water in the tube. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah yeah you can't always listen to what everyone else says can you no no exactly i was yeah. in uh i was waiting for a chopper in norway once and um again you do all this like you're saying you do all this training and everyone's telling you right you would just use flasks you know I, I don't know why in the arts that you drink tea and coffee other than the fact obviously it's nice to have a cuppa right. in that kind yeah. of conditions but it's the most dehydrating drink you can next to alcohol. It's the yeah, most dehydrating yeah. drink you can drink. Yeah. But we would make up a flask. And to be honest, like, I don't know how we did it really, but one flask would last you all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think you all ended up a bit dehydrated towards the end of the day. And then you rehydrated once you're in tent. But we went for this chopper and the lad next to me just reaches in his jacket, pulls out this water bottle. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like yeah. do you want some yeah yeah like, i thought that would freeze we were yeah, told that yeah. would freeze he's like no i always do it <laughs> yeah absolutely and it's it's that you know people were giving me advice before who've never even been up there you know and in, in those type of cold conditions they just think of you know what you see these scientists working in the arctic of big boots on you know i wore solomon trainers gore-tex trainers yeah, um, yeah. but it's the underfoot no the, the socks that make the difference yeah it's the same when i scuba dived in antarctica one of the guys in a local dive shop here was like right you got to wear this and you got to have this thermal under and you've got to have this so i called the guy from who met the, from my wetsuit company in sweden i really had a really good dry he's like no 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 just thin layer underneath you you i'm like yeah but it is the antarctic it's like yeah because i've just been in the arctic teaching the swedish army how to dive so believe me just thin yeah. layer underneath you'll be yeah you'll be you'll be fine and uh, and lo and behold yeah you, you are you're fine yeah 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 so was this the first project you took on when you decided you know things needed to change absolutely um and, and from there it was a uh a complete hook you know um i've actually found some my computer here because I've, I've done a few this year and um, so i uh so prior to that there i, I thought i need to train and, and you know in the military you don't do that amount of distance do you you don't really do it okay even in the military so i thought about some training the very first thing i did that fourth of january last year and it was um run the perimeter of the isle of white one hit it was 113k um did that around seven hours and as we said i was carrying some kit on that to get around then i wanted to get a sort of an idea of a um, sleep deprivation so i did the old um, army fitness test you know the 2.4 k run 50 press that um, and i did that on the r every hour for 20, 24 hours um, just to get a bit of sleep deprivation and that was 58k total so it was quite good and then i did the yukon um and then coming back from yukon um uh, i was a bit so that was february I was back and sort of just getting back into normality and everything and then I, I wanted to do something for VE day 75 miles for 75th anniversary and so I did that on a treadmill um I ran and lockdown happened so I ran 75 miles 
actually 76 there on a treadmill in a 12 by 12 tents and uh, dark and, and I wrote a blog on mindset and ice and that about how and up until my pre stuff towards the end last year that was my hardest um I was not I don't think it was it was physically hard or, or sorry mentally hard but the physical element of no incline decline same terrain you know my feet welling on my feet was horrendous and, and my legs on that one I remember at 51 miles brutal my body was shutting down um on this and I was literally running to the toilet couldn't even get 400 meters out of me and i had to get off and run to the toilet and my body was proper shaking um and that is so weird you say that when i did my 200 miler the first 100 miles of which was on the track i was i i'll be honest i knew it'd be a bit boring which i didn't i didn't mind i'm boring enough right so i'm used to it <laughs> but but i didn't mind the boredom but i I genuinely figured it was going to be was a running track and I figured I'd kick off to, you know, four laps is a mile. Yeah. But within the first marathon, I realised something wasn't right. It wasn't, something wasn't right. Like you said, I could barely go a lap sometimes without having to go for a pee. Yeah. Um, my left ankle just started to give me problems before I'd even done a marathon, right? And I've done 38 marathons one after the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With... Wow. With okay, I had a very bad shin splint, but as far as joints went, it wasn't a problem. Um, and I don't know if that was because I was going left all the time. Maybe it was, maybe I should have turned around and gone the other way. Yeah. Um, but but just the boredom fact, and the reason I know it was different is when the track shut on Eve, I then just went onto the road and I ran around Dart, Plymouth and Dart. Yeah. So much easier. Yeah. Even though 100%. I was running up some of the steepest hills in probably in the country. Yeah. Because I could um, look around and different scenery, have stuff distracting my my scent. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm guessing it was just a lot. I think so because when you're saying you're on a track on a treadmill, um, you can only think about what's happening. <laughs> you know, there's nothing else. Is that it's up to your mind to go on and that's why i enjoyed it you know it pushed me in that that mindset way yeah i mean it, it was a difficult one um I must flick you over the, uh, uh, it was in Pathfinder magazine, the military, I must, I'll must. i flick over, I'll find it and then send it over to you after the, uh, the, the piece that was written up on it. Wow. Um, but yeah, and then, and then, so that was May, uh, looking in July, so I did 203 kilometres in July, um, again, so I was trying to start being creative here with uh, um, lockdown and everything and COVID, and so I, I left my house um i had 54 pound on my back i did 84 kilometers to fort Gilkicker down in um gosport um i i put my bergen um which was an osprey bergen in the water um and swam uh, it ended up being four miles 6k to the isle of Wight. got to the other end and then and then i did a, a the 70 miles 113k around the isle of Wight. um that 37 hours to do that k and that um never swam in open water like that before in my life and um, yeah, from my Garmin, it's just this big <laughs> curve. It was, I think it was a mile and a half point to point. And I thought, that's all right. And swim out there. Yeah, but pushing a Bergen, it was difficult. Swam out the Isle of Wight. Yeah, yeah. Pushing a Bergen or pulling a Bergen? Pushing it, yeah. I had, my, had it here. So actually, um, yeah, I had it here and it was sort of acting as a wave breaker. And yeah, as you would do a river crossing. Is that like? I'd rather um, not do river crossings, mate, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I thought I'd do a Cecil. I got the idea. So a, a good mate of mine who was my safety on it, Tim Barnes, don't know if you're wearing a Mex booty. Um, and um, he was in a kayak as my immediate support. And I had a rib as a, because I had to, I had to fill out risk assessments, go through the port master and everything, warn all these shippers and everything. Because it's quite a busy um, shipping, uh, mm -hmm. as, as I found out. And, and those things, when you're, when you're in the water, 
water a couple of hundred meters away from them. They're massive. Um, so yeah, so um, that and then go out the other side. Um, twenty minute kit around the Isle of Wight. So, uh, that was that was a, an interest. No reason for that. Swim back? No, got in a ferry, mate. Okay. And what <laughs> um, what wet wear? Some cheap one that Jordan Wiley lent me. Yeah. Is he palming you off of his second hand gear? Is he? Well, he says I've got this, and I'm like, hey, Roger, mate. Uh, I've, I've I've never not, not experienced in it. I've not swam swim. You know, I was I was breaststroking across the Belly Solent. Okay, um, so I, the reason I'm asking. In these questions, Dan, and a big part of the reason I wanted you on the pod is um, I'm really impressed with the fact you just get into freezing cold water and you stay there for silly amounts of time. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's that's coming up definitely more this year. Yeah. I, yeah. I bought, so quick story, I did a triathlon, right, an Olympic triathlon two summers ago or last summer. It was just before I was 50 and I came last, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was third out the swim and by the time I finished yapping to my family, everyone had got on their bikes yeah, yeah. and what so yeah. I was actually last. The cycle was so much more difficult than I am. Mind you, I, I have got a proper bike now, so it's really massive game. Yeah. But um coming last and they even tried to stop me finishing because I took so long, right? Yeah. So I, so I went from coming last in my first ever triath to doing a quadruple Ironman eight weeks later. Yeah, good. <laughs> a quadruple Ironman distance triath. Yeah, yeah. And I bought this really Gucci wetsuit. It's one of the most expensive you can get. I can't remember the name of one. It's got orange sleeves. It's got special pads here that... Yeah. Do that's supposed to add to your sensitivity in the is water. Zone three one is Say again. Zone three. Yes, it is zone three, of course. And, and a spire zone three one. Yeah, it's the it's the very it, it was the most newest. Yeah. Not the red one. They, they went. They moved to graphite and orange sort of colours. Yeah. Anyway, when I did the triathlon in the summer, it was fine because it was in Torquay and and it, water was as warm as swimming it, almost in the tropics. It, yeah, yeah. It wasn't an issue. When I came to do the quadruple distance iron, um, and I got in the water, it was September, the, it had been about September the 20th, because it's my 50th birthday, um, or the next, and within a mile, mate, I realised I was going down. Yeah, yeah. I was going down, I was shivering un uncontrollably. Um, that's why I always say to people, have a have a plan B that doesn't screw up your plan A. So my plan B is I went to the indoor, to the indoor swimming pool. Yeah. And I swam... 10 well i think i had six miles left to swim so i just swam six miles up and down a, yeah yeah which was just luxury to be honest it wasn't even difficult yeah and and, and that's it and i suppose you, you've seen all my my profile with the the 10 10 iron man um which is so so yeah so i finished that little bit and, and then the next one i thought i'll do um and this comes on to the 10 iron men um of um i paddleboarded the Cal caledonian canal east the west coast of scotland cycled 800k 790 km, um and then ran a marathon down and finished at tedworth house in tidworth so started in inverness uh over seven days i think it was i've never paddleboarded i didn't even own a bike i borrowed one from up heroes uh, a metal thing it was in the middle of that storm ellen and it was horrendous and during the first so three days paddleboard and four days bike one day run during the paddleboarding phase or sorry the first day of the bike outside glasgow i fell off and broke my rib um and i just carried on i got to stafford and that's where i went to the hospital to any cracked a rib um so i just but i just carried on i suppose and then eight weeks after that so 17th of october was the start i was having a conversation with myself just prior to it, I was like, what's next? And because everyone tells me, do something that's relatable to what people know. And I thought, okay, could I do an Ironman? Yeah, yeah, I could probably do one. Not going to be a good time, but yeah, I could do it. Not a strong swimmer. Can't really swim front crawl because of my shoulders, a bit dodgy. Um, and uh, could I do 10? Oh, that's a challenge. Let's do it. So I 
publicised I'll do is 10, 10 Ironmen across. You know, I've got, got some good kit on board. I've got a sponsor of Ribble Bike, um, sponsored from um, uh, Zone 3, the wetsuit, um, and Salomon. So I've got three big brands for each one of them on board and also resilient nutrition to fuel my journey. Um, and that's rode into. I thought, God, I can't swim. I know I need to get out of this water. I didn't realise it was going to be that cold, as you said. I've never done a triathlon in my life, not even a sprint straight into a tent. And, um, and that was over 10 days, Daz, is that right? 10 consecutive days, yeah. So there's not, because they do a deck of man normally like in the same place. So I, I wanted to do it a bit more meaningful to me. So we did uh, meaningful military establishments for the first five days. Then I did the next five days, I did in I, top of the shard in the London Eye, finished on, you know, around Richmond Park and stuff, and around war, one of the run, iconic war symbols around London. Um, is there a. <laughs> Is there a swimming pool on the shard? Is that uh, no? So the 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 five London ones, I swam in the Serpentine uh, Lake, and um, yeah. So day four, hypothermia smashed to me, real and truly. I'm they almost get dragged out of the water, and um, yeah, just my body wasn't able to create heat, generate heat. I wasn't burning enough calories, burning nine to ten thousand calories a day in four because I just could not get in the body. And um, yeah, and I, I couldn't really do anything, and I just then grizzed it every day, and and I I didn't manage to do ten. Um, um, I, something happened every day and it was the middle of a pandemic so I did 1,505 kilometer equivalent of six and ten days which you know what it, I'm a bit disappointed I didn't do it but you know it was middle of pandemic things were ever forever changing um, and uh, you know my, my task was to raise 5,000 pounds I raised 16 and and, and I got out I got the mess out there yes yes it was uh, in my eyes uh, and then that the documentary was out on Sunday actually um, so talk about zone three there, there there's a big giveaway prize well with a, a bike wetsuit that we talked about it's out on Sunday so I'll, to sh- I'll share the link and uh, it's out on the other night quite quite interesting that and then um, and then just finishing off on that four weeks later I didn't do any training I grizzed uh, the world's highest duathlon so I did a 10k run k by 30k treadmill turbo tread in the altitude center in london and uh, at 12,000 feet and that was horrendous that just took my the oxygen away which has basically then led into to this year and what's up and coming next and the arctic is is back on track uh not for the yukon arctic ultra but for the world triathlon uh, taking place in, in april yeah what's the name of that triathlon my own it's they don't no one does it so okay. it's um you, you put uh, this together yeah, going to South Bard, um, and uh, someone's done one South Bard blank. So um, wow. yeah, so uh, talking about wetsuit zone three or, or manufacturing me one, uh, me a fat bike. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna aim to set three records up there. So, yeah, and and just to clarify, that's gonna be the world's most northern triathlon. Yeah. So there's a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a a bit of a thing with it. So it's gonna be yeah, the world's most northern triathlon. It's gonna be a half Ironman distance, and then I'm gonna see how that goes. I'm gonna attempt the full Ironman. Um, yeah. You want to get them to make you a really warm wetsuit because the, all you've got to be able to do swim uh, for anyone listening to swim triathlon and. People are going to probably hate me for saying this, but just got to be able to move your arm. You haven't even got to be able to swim because yeah. the wetsuit so buoyant. Yeah, can you could do it without kicking your legs. You, you know, I'm not. I'm not suggesting people do, and I'm not trying <laughs> to diminish. Well, some people swim. don't kick the legs, don't they? Some some people use that as a tactic and save the legs for the bike and run. Mm. Um, so 
Again, it's going to be, I think, minus 16 to 20. Then we've got to have a guide with this because the polar bears are all year round, orcas, etc. Um, see what happens, I suppose, and hopefully in April we'll come back. Yeah, because the wetsuit thing, Daz, is it's all well and good having it thin under here so you can move your arms. But of course, what I found is the wetsuit's only as good as the thinnest part. Uh, absolutely. And um, what, the problem I had on the on the 10 days is I lost six kilograms. So the wetsuit I started with became ineffective as I went along. As soon as I got in the water, it was a rush of freezing cold water went down down my back there. How, yeah, so how, how did you deal with? Well, I'm interested in how did you overcome that because I literally was going down. I I, I was my teeth were shaking so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I did go down. I went down my hypothermia stage two in day four. Um, so then I just so what what say the things changing. I realized I wasn't able to do the full distance every day. So I basically went until cold every day, um, which was getting about 2K in. So I ended up doing a lot of halves in there. Uh, and then because my Achilles went, I ran till I could, couldn't run anymore. I cycled till I couldn't cycle. And that's where it tied up the difference of 6.8. So, which I mean, is still from doing, you know, nothing, never done a triathlon of 1,500 kilometers, 10 days. It's not a bad effort, I think, raising 16K. So it was chuffed at the end, way. Yeah, well, it's that thing, isn't it? If you don't crack on and have a go at these things, you, you're never going to surprise yourself. And Exactly. And, and the, the documentary is called Perseverance by High. So we do a lot of talk on mindset um, on, on it and, and how I manage to do it every day, get up and do what I do every day. Yeah. So what do you think of... Um... Pritchard then because so funny I was chatting to him before I asked him to come and join me on one of them um, but he was busy tied up with all his stuff and um, yeah I mean yeah pretty pretty cool what he does I mean this year I am going to go and do 10 Ironman in 10 days um, and unorganized and deck a day in the summer <laughs> And, and in the same location. I think, I don't want to use the word easy because it won't be easy, but it will be so much more. Putting two hours of travel from A to B, taking that out of consideration, you know, and, and only setting yourself that 12 to 14 hours a day, you know, it's so much more doable. Knowing all your admin sets up, I, I think it'll be a bit of a breeze. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah. I mean, going back to Pritt, mm. you know, I've taken a lot of inspiration from that. Yeah. You know, I think we come from, uh, let's just say our paths have probably crossed in, the, you know, been on the same path in the past due to our our partying habit. Yeah. Um, but both have become quite sort of spiritual and, and health, health conscious, mind conscious um, in our older years. Yeah. So for people watching who wonder who we're talking about, we're talking about Matthew Pritchard, who was one of the stars of the Dirty Stant. Sanchez, Sanchez extreme bodily fluid stunt shows <laughs> that's a team way of putting it as well yeah and it yeah i i had massive respect to them for doing that as well it was some of the stuff they did was so brave yeah. uh, brave bordering on just insanity <laughs> um but when i heard that he'd suddenly started to do these just dream events cycling swimming yeah you know, he once went to the swimming pool and swam something us every day for a month. Then I heard that he's doing this, or I think it was on London Real. I saw him talking about doing the Decker Ironman a day, ten days. That's with brutal event. Claire, Claire owns that, and they, they yeah. And it, you know, it, it's a thing. It, it, yeah. I struggling. To... I mean, I don't want to say it's a breeze, and it's a breeze that'll be easy to do. I'm, the way I'm sort of the the breeze piece of it is everything set up admin wise. All I have to do is worry about swim, bike, run. Whereas in that last one, I had to worry about no one of the lakes a body was pulled from. One in a swimming pool, you know, and um, lake was shut, and then. Because of COVID, I was only allowed 45 minutes in the swimming pool. So I had to swim as far as I could in that 45 minutes. So um, I had to, uh, two days before getting in the London Eye, I had to 
get a public liability from them. And that's the treadmill people cancelled to start with, and they had to get in. No, so I, I was organising and worrying about all that and getting from A to B where we were staying, etc., rather than worrying about swim bike runs. So I and and there's two ways of doing a deca as well. You can do a deca, which is you do all the swimming, all the biking, all the running, um, and you've got 14 days to do that. Or you can do a deca day, which is a deca on Ironman every day for 10 days. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to write. I, I completely get what you mean. In some respects, it's going to be, a, it will be a luxury for you. Yeah. Um, You'll have to come along and uh, maybe we'll do it together. Yeah. Well, I'll certainly consider it. The, the thing is with me, Daz, is I'm not like a fitness guy. I, I just. Me neither. I'm injured and falling to pieces. <laughs> I just rock up and do it and raise a bit of money for charity. And I, yeah. I generally, I put myself through so much pain in the process that I don't actually know if it's worth it, to be honest. Cause... Um, yeah, and that's the thing. And I'm exactly the same, you know, from not being able to even swim. to And, and I think the way I realised I started need to maybe train, especially for this Arctic one. Yeah. <laughs> um, to give you an idea, and for people listening, what I, I get way more satisfaction from completing a half marathon than I did from running a length of the country, doing in four four Ironman quadruple Ironman distance triathlon um, and running 200 miles those events I end up quite depressed at the end there's almost there's always so much that's gone wrong you know yeah yeah I, I know what you mean and that yeah I, I know exactly on the on the Ironman one 10 10 10 um, I got quite depressed even during as well because I set out a task of 10 Ironmen you get the old keyboard warriors that sit and comment on everything that you do but you know from the comfort of their own, own home the whole uh, Roosevelt critic that pints you know is, who's in the ring in the arena doing it with when, then you can comment you know um, mm. and uh, social media actually because I tried to talk about it a bit in the documentary of um, I'm quite toxic you know you know the, the area of oh what what does this person that's never met me but no think about worrying about that and to, to what my what my best friend think comparing them on the exact same level so it's a bit weird that one but i think i've, I've, I've managed to get over that but then there's a bit of a come down you know you do all this fizz and your body releases all these good endorphins etc and then as um said I've, I've never 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 touched the drug really to be honest I never so i but what i hear of people talking from a night out recreational people that do it you know where there's a come down and i always get that after an event um, but only after the world's highest duathlon, I've sort of managed to overcome that workout, feel it coming on and, and really. So this year has been a very good learning learning tool for me and, and defining what success is, self um, versus failure. Is failure actually a thing or is it now just a step success? Yeah, but I, I do get what you're saying with the come down. Silly things. And again, give people an idea what the things I mean. You know, it's no good coming up to me and going, oh, Chris, you give it your best effort. That that means nothing to me. What means to me? Did I fucking do it? It you know? Did I finish what I set out to do? Yeah. Why I put myself through so much? You know, is yeah. like I I don't want to live as a failure. It, I, I'm not saying failure isn't good. I've done I've done it my whole life, right? But yeah. I've now got to the point where I only try and do things I'm gonna see that right. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, lots of things like when I ran the length of the country on the last day, everyone was trying to take my backpack, and I'm like, I've carried it for 37. <laughs> for, I actually carried it 35, uh, 34 days because two very good marine friends of mine, Steve and Buster. Hello, guys. Both got their own chapter in my uh, in my state of mind book. There we are. There's a plug if ever there was one. 
<laughs> it'll actually be up there in the podcast but one of those books there yeah 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 <laughs> um but they very kindly they're, they're boot necks so they had to take my bergen for me that was just i i couldn't tell them that they couldn't do that but just little things like that they're like fuck off and um oh yeah yes the the bigger the bigger the event the more scope there is something that's really gonna like do your head in absolutely and and back to that but but real saying no plans to most contact yeah that's, and that's why I say to people, have a plan B that doesn't screw up your plan A. You know? Yeah, yeah. You, you mm-hmm. don't have to finish your thing. Like I could have given up that quadruple distant I am after, mm-hmm. after getting hypothermia, right? But I'm like, no, I'll just swap to the indoor swimming pool. Okay, it's maybe not so heroic. Um, well, that's it. And, and and likewise, you know, we we adapted some of the, the cycling because it was deemed unsafe for me almost to go on the road from the hypothermia in the, in the lake in the morning to on a turbo, which I would argue is probably harder <laughs> on a turbo trainer um, because you just can't, you don't have the downhill, you can't stop pedaling, you know, and it's just, oh, it's brutal. I hate <laughs> anything in the gym like when, when people go to a gym run on a machine mm. i can't think of anything more boring i mean i've done it myself but that's really laziness that if i want to get a quick mile in just to top up my workout hop on the machine and do that quick mile listen yeah. listen to a podcast get in the car and go home but i'd never go to the gym to run <laughs> no think- no it's exactly the same and, and and going to the gym you lift or you train whatever sort of strength and condition session you do and then you and then you send us a quick top up at the end it's like going to a restaurant eating outside yeah <laughs> which is the new world <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh well does i'll tell you what you're an absolute inspiration I, it's great that i can chat to people you because i don't get anyone to talk to this stuff i don't i'm gonna be honest i know there are podcasts for endurance athletes out listen to a few and they're great you, you get some like sean conway and pritchard and it's for me I'm, I'm in my element yeah i don't think we'll appreciate the thing as much for, for the value that they should do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know no, you're right yeah you know i'll get some sas guy on everyone goes crazy it's like yeah but you've heard their story a million times before they just join the army that's it It, it, this guy's hen hen i you know well attempt (laughs) yeah well even better you know and 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 next year you or this year you're gonna go you're gonna go and smash it again yeah Um, yeah there's so much to learn from this mind. Yeah, absolutely, you're absolutely right, mate. And my book coming out, you know, it's more of a biography, but at the end of it, it's a more of the lessons learned yeah. mindset. And it, you know, without wishing sound a coin for our for our younger friends, what you know, this is the stuff. You know, you do this stuff, you think like this, then it won't be long in your life before you can kick back and rats and go, do you know what? I've actually achieved quite some shit. You know, I've run a marathon, I've thrown myself out of a plane, I've done and. I'm cool, you know, I've done something with my life, right? And I think the great danger is is getting to the end of your life and going, well, watch 36 podcasts about the SBS, <laughs> play Call of Duty 967,000 times. Yeah. Um, slagged off everyone on my keyboard who I didn't even know and they didn't even yeah. know me. Yeah. I, I'm being a bit facetious, friends, but you get my point. But learn Daz's mindset this right i've never done it before but let's let's get stuck in let's give it my best if it doesn't go the way who cares i've still achieved way more than a i expected to or mm-hmm. you know would have done if i had not done it be more than, more than most other people yeah um, wonderful thing i see um i was I, I had a couple of texts the other day with the iron cowboy you know the guy did 50 iron men 50 days 50 states yeah have you seen I, release have you I, 
I haven't spoken to him. Can you put us in touch? Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, um, I'll drop my message, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, uh, his new challenge in fifty-four days time, he's doing a hundred Ironmen in a hundred days. Gosh, and where's he doing them? And over any, in the states. Yeah, yeah. Any any particular locations or? Well, his fifty Ironmen fifty days was in in fifty states, so brutal. So yeah, I'll I'll yeah, I'll message him on um on Instagram where where. I've, I sent him my um, release to the documentary of the 10, 10, 10. So, um, yeah, and we'll... Uh... Just tell him I will get him through this. I've got a few tips for him. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yes, it's the rum. Tell him to buy a big bottle of rum. Yeah, 100%. Mine's Guinness, you see, at the end of my events. Have a Guinness. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, Daz, listen, it's been absolutely wonderful. I'll be honest, mate, I, I'd love to chat to you for another five hours now. But... Yeah, mate, well, we'll stay, stay in touch um, and um, I'll, I'll share the links of the documentary and stuff and um, I'll drop you a trailer now in a minute. I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll message you and I'll WhatsApp it over to you. Okay. If there's anything that we can use in the podcast that's not copyright, because anything copyright just gets flagged on YouTube by YouTube software, it's all like registered at some office, you know. Um, but anything you can um, give us for the making a little montage about what you've done or even if it's just some photos you can give us my my producer ben's an absolute wizard with all that stuff yeah um, i'll get so, them over mate yeah not a problem saying i've got them all and, uh, uh, we'll put all your links below the video is there anything just off the bat you know where where do, you an instagram person yeah instagram um yeah I'll, I'll send you my my handles yeah um, you could do I'll, that We'll yeah. put them all below the video, save going through them all, all now. We must say another massive thank you to Claire Vosper for putting us in touch. Thanks, Claire, indeed. Um, I certainly will think about the Decathon, if that's yes. its name. Yeah. Um, like I said, mate, I'm not really like a fitness guy. I, I run for mental health dance, you know? Yeah, and that's, and that's why I sort of started it, you know, and it's, yeah... I, I, mile around the block in the morning i don't even run a mile it's 0.9 of a mile is my morning run yeah and i do it makes me feel bloody wonderful about myself and life and this is why i tell everyone get up at half four going for a run dead silent it's just you this morning you know minus two crystal clear you see the crystals in the air that's love it especially i mean i'm i'm living in the moment to be honest it's not it's the changing of the seasons make makes the run you know it's yep. that going out there's a beautiful sky or there's a bit of snow on the ground that makes the run but if you live in a countryside you really need to get on it you know get oh, on yeah. the trails run through the wood yeah 100 percent reservoir incredible that's it or walk you know run walk ultra running all about walking running anyway isn't it a hundred percent and that's it you know now and trying to break your day up and get now and go out for a walk because i've got a work call coming up and i'm just going to go out and walk whilst on it that's a great i've never even thought about that <laughs> people laugh at me i walk around with a notebook in one hand the pen another of my things in and do do a complete work call well if i stick this map on my shoulders somehow like yeah, mate, on, yeah. on a bergen or something you're right go around i can do my podcasts yeah <laughs> out in the nature yeah <laughs> does i wish you all the best of luck i can't wait to chat again keep in touch massive um respect you for getting on top of the mental health and putting this wonderful message out and making the money for charity and uh, yeah just doing what 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 you do and um thanks for having me on buddy yeah really good to meet you
No worries. Just just stay on the line, mate, while I say goodbye to everyone at home. Everybody at home, massive thank you, as always, for tuning in. I really hope you got something from this chat, because if I did, and I'm 51 now, <laughs> I didn't think I got room to get more from chats, but I, I do every time I speak to someone like Daz, um, people like this make my life brilliant. You can make sense of that. You'll 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 know why why I get so much out. Much love to you all. Please like and subscribe. Ciao. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.